0: There are three steps that I want to go through for tonight um, to help us to better understand Scripture. The three steps are, firstly, observation, secondly, interpretation, and lastly, application. Those are the three things that we're going to talk about as, as we read our Bibles. And um, I, I'm going to use a few examples, so you can just, if it's on the screen, you can just read with me. I took a few pieces of scripture just to show you practically how this works and how we do it. So let me start off with observation. So observation is the first and most important step in how to study the Bible. So as you read your Bible, you need to look carefully at what it says and also how it says it. That's what observation is all about. And so let's, let's just read this passage before we get into this. So this is Psalm 119 verse 1 to 16. Great blessings belong to those who live pure lives. They follow the Lord's teachings. Great blessings belong to those who follow His rules. They seek Him with all their heart. They don't do wrong. They follow His ways. Lord, you gave us your instructions and told us to always obey them. How I wish I could be more faithful in obeying your laws. Then I would never feel ashamed when I look closely at your commands. The more I understand how fair your laws are, the more sincerely I will praise you. I will obey your laws, so so please don't leave me. How can a young person live a pure life? By obeying your word. I try with all my heart to serve you. Help me obey your commands. I study your teachings very carefully so that I will not sin against you. Lord, you are worthy of praise. Teach me your laws. I will repeat the laws we have heard from you. I enjoy following your rules as much as others enjoy great riches. I will study your instructions. I will give thought to your way of life. I enjoy your laws. I will not forget your word." So there's a bunch of stuff being said there. So when it comes to observation, I'm going to give you three easy steps. This is how you observe scripture. So if you want to write these down, three easy steps. We're going to look at structure, emphasis, and repetition. There we go. So structure is simply, uh, I'm going to explain that to you now. So the whole Bible is divided into these units. And we call these units paragraphs. So a paragraph, in short, is a complete unit of thought. So what betekend that? That betekend that you can't een versie vat in die Bijbel uit, dit lees, en verwacht dat jy verstaan nou precies wat daar aangaan nie. Jy moet at least die paragraaf lees, want die paragraaf is bezig om een idee vir jou oor te gee, en as jy net een deelkie daar uitvat, dan ga jy het nie noodwendig verstaan nie. Ek wil, wil vir julle voorbeeld wees, um, ek het hier op my phone is, In Matthies 7, vers 7, denk ek, want ek ek ja. Matthew 7, vers 7, Continue to ask, and God will give to you. I'm just going to stop there for now. If I just read that, what does that mean to you? As ek jou sê, I want vir God vrou en hy sal het vir jou geë. Wat betekent dit vir jou? Kom ons uh, vat een praktische voorbeeld. Soos wat ek wil sê, ek wil, ek wil so praktisch as moen ek vanavond wees. Kom ons, maak het nie overcomplicated nie. So, hierdie stikkie sê, hou aan vir God en hy sal vir jou geë. So, in other words, if I pray now, and I ask God, Ek kan nou nie eens aan een ding dink wat ek raarig, baie graag wil hee, nou nie. O, oh, my, my oude Xbox was gesteel, so ja, een ding wat ek nou graag wil hee, is ek wil my geld teruggehe, wat die oude my skuld vir my Xbox, langs door, ek gaan nou vir vertellen vertel hee. So, ek wil net gaan by julle seker maak, want ons allemaal verstaan ons nou hierdie, hierdie versie. As ek nou bid, en vir julle vraag, gee my my geld terug. Dan sit ons nou, dis a guarantee, ek gaan my geld terugkrijg, ne this is what the scripture say that say continue to ask and God will give to you. Okay so ek gaan net 2 of 3 of 4 of 5 keer vra dan sal hy het eventually vir my gee. Dis wat die versie sê. Ek, ek probeer nou nie uh, ons weet nie wat het probeer sê maar toch verstaan baie mense so hulle lees dit en okay name claim it. ek so die, ek so die Maserati so ek gaan nou net bid daarvoor en dan gaan ek kry en as ek het nie kry nie is dit omdat God my nie lief het nie. Want sy versie sê continue to ask and God will give to you. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? So obviously there needs to be more to this verse than than just that part. And it's very interesting. If you go one chapter back, so that's Matthew 7. Let me go to Matthew 6 here. The name, because every chapter in the Bible has a name. It's in your Bibles as well if if you have a Bible. You don't have to like figure it out, you can just read it. The name for the chapter coming just before chapter 7. So chapter 6's name is Jesus teaches about. Giving. So now it changes it a bit. So Jesus is busy teaching you about giving, and then in that context, he tells you, whatever you want, keep on asking, and I will give it to you. So now, all of a sudden, it's not about what you can get. It's about what you can get so that you can give. You guys understand what I'm saying? So, so it's saying Jesus teaches about giving. So now, Hoe Hoekom het belangrijk is om, om te geel, om te deel. En in hierdie context sê ek vir julle, so vraag en daar sal vir julle gegeel word. Het maak ons nou nie sin as het net gaan oor wat ek kan ontvang nie. Ek is nou bezig om te praat oor hoe julle kan geel. So maybe, maybe if I change the question to something like, God, please give me the money that guy stole from me, so that I can bless others with it. That's sounding a bit better for me. But now, once again, God knows our hearts. So there's makleek een Okay, ik ga een beetje. Ik ga een beetje trek. I ga een gevoel. Ja, je raakt helemaal niet geld. Ze blijkt niet. Ik ga net van. weet doel whatever. So this is how I can看. But I know what in your heart So So is this not what's Your intention is not. Is this not wrong? The reason is, how come you don't get Then like, you are not surprised. as Okay. So just to explain to you, sometimes. You need to read a little bit more than just the one verse. And that's what structure is about. To understand the idea that's being conveyed, read the whole paragraph. And then with that in mind, think about what this specific sentence is saying. So that's structure. Second one is emphasis, which is about finding the topic. So the topic is just the main idea. Okay? So what is the main thing? that the guy who wrote this is trying to tell you. That's that's the topic of the paragraph. So find out the emphasis means finding out the topic. Now, to give you just like an easy way to do this, it's not the only way, but but it's one of the easiest, is sometimes you just need to take the paragraph and literally just read like the first sentence or the first two sentences or sometimes the last sentence. And that usually gives you a very good idea of what the, the rest of the paragraph is about. So, for for example, let's take that scripture that I read to you guys just now. So it starts off saying, "Great blessings belong to those who live pure lives." That's the first sentence of that passage. So, what is the topic of this passage? What do you guys think? But See, great blessings belong to those who live pure lives. The topic of this is living pure lives. That's the topic. So, the rest of this paragraph is going to be about how to live. Pure lives. It expands on the topic. It says, Great blessings belong to those who live pure lives. So, this paragraph is about people who live pure lives, and it explains why this is important because those people who live pure lives receive great blessings from God. And so, now we don't have to read the whole thing. We we already know that's what this is about. And now we just keep that in mind uh, as we read the rest of the paragraph. So, that's emphasis. Third one is repetition. This is very simple. All this means is usually in writing, if someone repeats a, a phrase or a word, it means they're trying to tell you, this is important to me. You need to focus on this thing. Okay? So, so I'm not going to read the whole thing again, but just, let's just read a few verses. So it says, great blessings belong to those who live pure lives. They follow the Lord's teachings. Great blessings belong to those who follow his rules. They seek him with all their heart. Just in those two sentences, what do you guys think? Where's the repetition? Great blessings. So the the writer is trying to tell us these great blessings are important. Now, we don't know just from that part what these great blessings are, but we know it's important. So we know, Okay, keep in mind when I read this paragraph, people living pure lives, it's probably going to explain what that means, and it does. And keep in mind that this is talking about great blessings. Okay, repetition. The more a word or a phrase is repeated in a passage, the more emphasis the writer is trying to place on it. Let's just read this. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1 to 3. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So what do you think in that part? What is important to the writer? Love. There we go. You see, it's, it's fairly easy to do this. So when we read this passage, we know that it's not about speaking in tongues. It's not about angels, or, or prophecies, or being smarter than everyone else. This passage is about love. We know that because the word has been repeated a lot. So I, I know this sounds like very Mickey Mouse, but it is. That's why. That is is Mulak. The help. to the Bible So we've spoken about structure, emphasis, and repetition which is how we observe scripture. So once you've done those things, so you've looked at the structure, so you've read the paragraph, not just the sentence. You've you've tried to figure out what is the emphasis. In other words, what is the main topic in this paragraph? And you've looked at what words get repeated to see what is important. So now that you've done that, you can move on to the next thing, which is answering the W question. So like what, when, where, who? So I'm not going to explain that. That's fairly simple. Guys, this is super simple to figure out. For, for example, and, and uh, if you're writing stuff down, take note of this. There's a channel on YouTube called um, The Bible Project. And they make these really, really awesome videos. And it's like short videos, like five to eight minutes, where they have all the books of the Bible. And so let's say, like, for instance, we're dealing with First Corinthians now. So, what you would do is you go on the Bible project, you find 1 Corinthians, and they give you like, I think the 1 the Corinthians one, I checked it out this afternoon, is like eight minutes long. and gives you a complete summary, just like a very simple overview of what is the point of this book. And it's almost makkelijker om goed te doen, wanneer je verstaan, hoe kom je doen? And so, this is como fra. So really go and check it out on YouTube, The Bible Project. They do a really good job at at summarizing the different Bible books. And there's a bunch of other videos and, and things they do as well. So who, what, where, and when. Now, let me get to point number two, which is significantly shorter than point number one. So don't stress. So let's talk about interpretation. In order... For us to interpret the passage we're reading, we have to look at the three, I call them the three C's, context, culture, and conclusion. Can you guys remember in observation, we spoke about structure, emphasis, and repetition. Okay, so let's look at these, contexts. In order for you to understand the context of something, you have to work from the outside in. Now, let me explain this. This is very simple to understand. All this means is before you read the Bible, so this is going to take, uh, uh, going to cause you to take, uh, do a little bit of work before you actually have your, your quiet time and your Bible study. Look at the book. Like, so for instance, once again, you would start off at looking at First Corinthians. And this is where the YouTube thing comes in handy. So instead of reading the whole book, all you can do is check out this video. Okay, so this is what the book is about in a nutshell. Now I understand. Now you, you narrow your search down. So you, you understand now what the whole book is about. Now let's look at the chapter that you are reading. What is the main point, the topic, the emphasis in this chapter? Keeping in mind what the point of the book is. So now you've narrowed it down to a chapter. Next step, paragraph. What is the main point in the paragraph? Keeping in mind the, the uh, emphasis in the chapter and also keeping in mind what is the point of the book. And then lastly, narrowing it down from the paragraph to the actual sentence that you're reading. And this might seem like a lot of work, but it, it'll actually make the scriptures so much richer to you. Well, a few times okay, you know, I don't know what the Bible is, but I want to do it very well. And then you read for the first so four-day Bible, and every day I read a book on the to read it. En ten dag nou vier is jy net so sat daarvan. Ek wil hier nou meer lees, ek is nou moeg van lees, so ek gaan nou maar net los. Maar pijs jy self, jy hoef nie so baie te lees nie. Soos as mens hierdie met toere volg, I mean, just understanding, okay, this is what the book is about, this is a chapter about, this is a paragraph about, so let me just read this one sentence, keeping those things in mind. And I mean, how long does it take to read a verse? Under a minute. Okay? So just keep this in mind. Obviously, you guys don't have to do these things if, if you're fine with reading scripture, just just read the book. But I I know that for a lot of us, it's it's not that simple. For byphonos, it's the cry, and soms is boring, and So context. For example, so I said, look at the book, look at the chapter, paragraph and then the, uh, the actual sentence. So let's take First Corinthians again. So because I watched the video this afternoon, I know a few things. So it's not that I'm clever, I just watched the video. So I know that the book of First Corinthians is a letter that Paul wrote to the people in the Corinthian church. And the reason he wrote this letter was because that he received a bunch of complaints from the people in that church that the people in that church are being arrogant and they're not treating each other nice. And so he writes the book of Corinthians as a response to these people, telling them, stop your nonsense, stop it, Muni. loss. That's what the book is about. The book is about this church who's gone rogue. Now let's look at one of the chapters. Let's, let's take one of the most famous chapters in 1 Corinthians, which is chapter 13, which explains to us everything about love, what love should be, what godly real love should look like. And now let's go down to the paragraph and then let's go down to a sentence. And all of a sudden it starts making sense. Okay, now I understand. Paul is writing to this church because they have become arrogant and he wants to show them what love should look like. Context. Now let's talk about culture. So this just means that we take into account the culture, not only of the writer, but of the, the piece we are reading. So obviously, we all know that the, the book called the Bible was written a long time ago. So the culture we're living in today is slightly different from what it was like back then. So in order for us to really understand what we're reading, we need to understand what was the culture like. So we're reading the story of Zaimian, and once you get to Zaimian uh, chapter two verse fourteen and from there on, something weird starts happening, elke keer as sy meen by die deur instap, klik hy sy vingers, ok, nou lees ons hierdie, maar ons neem nie in acht wat sy kultuur sy meen inleef nie, so nou lees ons hierdie, en ons denk, oe, ok, cool, so ek is een christen, so elke keer as ek by die kamer instap, dan denk my vingers klik, maar kom ons sê, daar was iets anders aan die gang, kom ons sê, in hulle kultuur was dit soos ding. thing, soos, dit, dit is ongeskik as jy in die kamer instap en nie jou vingers klik, om mensen te laat weet, ek is hier So obviously our culture is different. We don't click our fingers when we go. If you do, then um, maybe come see me and uh, we can do some counseling some other time. But so it's important to understand the culture in which the, the piece that you're reading is. Yeah, for instance, let's look at the culture of Paul. So before Paul was called Paul, he was called Saul. And Saul was a really terrible person. In fact, Saul spent his days killing off Christians. I was een moeder na. Saulis, dit was zijn job. He had a, a intense hatred in his heart for the people of God. And yet, when he experienced for the first time the true power of the love of God, it completely transformed him. Uit onbiddelik sy julle leven basically stop gesit en gesê, ek is klaar met al hierdie goeders en ek kyk nou voren en toe, na hier toe. Nie, en, en, en dit is nogal interessant, dit is nie dat hy gesê, oeh, ek besef nou, hierdie goed is verkeerd, so ek gaan dit minder beginne doen, terwijl ek na hier toe kyk, nee, ek is klaar met hierdie goed, ek wil nie, hey, dit moet my meer definieer nie, ek kyk nou voren en toe, na hier toe. He had an experience, of real love. Another thing, that we can take out of the context, of 1 Corinthians, if you do a little bit of research, is that you? the people of the time, were there was a lot of idolatry going on, a lot of um, worshipping a bunch of false gods. And so now Paul had this experience of the one true real God. And this, uh, this, this impacted him so much that he made it his job to make sure that everyone he comes into contact with understands there is no other gods. There's just this one God, and he loves you, deeply, and I will die for you to know this. That's the context. That's why Paul does or did what he did. Okay. Lastly, let's talk about conclusion. So once we've looked at uh, the the context and the culture, we can now start putting together what we've learned when we did our observations. In other words, when when we looked at the structure and the emphasis and the repetition. For instance, we, we said that the word love was repeated a lot. We also know that uh, part of the emphasis or part of the uh, context is that the people of this church were arrogant. And what, what, is, what is another word for arrogance? Pride. They were prideful. All of us fall from another self. So why is Paul writing this? Simple. Paul is telling the people about love because they are idiots. Dit is een super eenvoudig versted. Dat is wat ik krijg van een zeggerico dat ik me kan vertellen. nou, nou is mijn vraag, oké, okay, not idiots, but they were arrogant, they were prideful. So Paul is trying to teach them about what real love looks like, because they are arrogant. Now the next question is, so what? What what can I do with that information? How can I apply that in my own life? So Paulus mensen van liefde omdat hulle er arrogant is. Wat kan jij uit dit uitvaat? Als jij dit nou moet toepassen op je eigen leven wat kan jy uit dit uitvat? Kom, ek sê vir julle so, kom, ek gee julle in meer van die idee. Hier is wat ek uit dit uitvat. Elkeen van julle wat hier sit, elkeen van ons wat in hierdie vertrek is, miskien op verskillende vlakke, maar elkeen van ons is op een of ander manier arrogant. Ja, op een of ander manier het ons amal een beetje trots in ons. Je kan het nie wegsteekie, ek gee niet om wat jy vir my sê nie, ek gee om hoe nederig ek probeer wees nie, amal van ons met 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 hierdie, ons is allemaal een bieke vol van onszelf, op verskillende maniere. Misschien dat het bieke meer is ander, maar ons is allemaal sikkel daarmee. So nou sikkel ek hiermee. Wat kan ek doen, hoe kan ek weet, wat van my help om ontsla te raak van hierdie ding, om op te sikkel met hierdie trots. How can I get out of this pride that's eating me from the inside out? I can look at what it says in First Corinthians 13, because I know that this teaches me about love. And what I've just gathered from this information is, Obviously, that is the counterattack. Paul heard that these people are arrogant. What does he do? He teaches them about love. So I need to understand what God's love is like for me to get rid of my pride. That is what this passage is saying. If I don't understand what unconditional love really looks like, I will never conquer my pride. Last point. Let's talk about the most important one, application. I mean, it's nice knowing all these things, but as us actually gaan toepas wat ons leer, wat ons dan punt? This is the main point. Application, just to help you guys to understand how to apply the Bible. There's three easy questions that you can ask yourself after you've read a passage. So ask yourself this: this this thing that I just read, how does it affect my relationship with God, and how does it affect my relationship with others? and with myself so partytyd lees 'n stukkie weet het jy nou hierdie jy het nou uitgevind okay hier's waar ons hierdie boek oorgaan. okay kom ek lees hierdie paragraph, hier is die main wat hierdie ou probeer sê in hierdie paragraph, okay wat sê hierdie paar sinne okay dis wat hy sê en ek hoe hoekom hy dit sê want ek weet in die paragraph is hierdie die mindpunt, all right cool so kom ek sit en dink nou hoe affecteer dit wat ek nou gelees het my verhouding met die Here en hoe dit my verhouding om my en hoe my fouding? Met myself. Work with myself. Full work myself seen. Okay. So that's just an easy way to figure out. To help you to apply scripture to your own life. It can seem a little overwhelming at times. Because sometimes you read a big passage in scripture. And then you can't possibly focus on all 600 things at once. So ask yourselves. What is the one thing that is making it hard for you to get closer to God? And just start with that one thing.